Welcome to Group Function, where the ProTru Serrati work together to find good solutions to worthy problems in dentistry with your host, Jazz Gulati. You pour your heart and soul into a treatment. You like study extra, you go on extra courses, you want to give your patient the best they can get. So when it comes to like cosmetic dentistry, veneers, remember your first couple of veneer cases, like you really think about it, you really uh, go that extra mile to make sure your patient is ecstatic at the end. And then you get a letter saying that I would like a refund for my veneers, like that crushes you. Right. So this, my friends, is something that was experienced by one of the Petrucerati. She's going to remain anonymous. And I really wanted to help her. So I'm recording here on a Sunday as in like an emergency episode. I message uh, Manrina Road, veneer queen, who else, right, about how to tackle this scenario. So the scenario is basically you do some, you play six veneers for a patient uh, and she's really happy. She's, she approves the try-in. She approves the mock-up even. She signs your consent form. She leaves really pleased on the day that you fit the veneers. And then you get a letter and you think this letter is going to be a thank you letter. But actually, it's a letter to say that I have gone and got a second opinion from so-and-so dentist, PG, DIP, um, aesthetic dentistry and implant dentistry, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we both agree that the veneers are too bulky. So the main complaint was actually, I think, my, my, my by the gum line, they're, they're too bulky and I don't like them anymore without actually telling the dentist this, they just wrote in like out of the blue, right? And I would like a full refund of all the treatment. So this dentist um, wrote to me to say uh, that she's really upset that this has happened and she followed the whole protocol and she'd worked so hard. And she's a, a really awesome, progressive, forward-thinking dentist who has put a lot of time and money into her education. So I felt really crushed for her because of one sentence. She said that she she's really lost confidence in herself. And we will all lose confidence in ourselves in some procedures throughout our career. It happens. It's inevitable. Uh, and I want to make this episode to, to help her out. And so that we all as a group can learn because we all have patients, veneers patients in particular, right? Because I'm happy to say that patients who come seeking veneers, they're all a little bit crazy. Let's face it. They're a little bit crazy, I think. Uh, and we have to be wary of body dysmorphia. So I pitch this scenario to Manrina Road. How would she advise handling a scenario? A, how to prevent this from happening in the first place, that you don't have an unhappy patient. B, now that a patient has complained of bulky veneers, is it okay to prep them down? How do you manage that? And C, should this dentist give the money back to the patient? What does Manrina think? I actually felt bad about asking Manrina this last question because it's a very tough uh, question to ask. I, I really twisted her arm at the end. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this group function uh, and I hope you gain value from it. Thank you so much. Veneer Queen, Manrina Road, welcome back again to the Protrusive Podcast. How are you? I'm good, Jazz. How are you? I'm amazing. Thank you so much for, for coming at short notice to, to really help this dentist. But I thought this would make a really great group function uh, to, to help all dentists because we are either have all been in a, some kind of a similar scenario where patient is unhappy and or wants a refund or it's something that um, we can find similarities and or avoid certain, this situation for, for the future for any dentist who, who can learn from this. So uh, if you don't mind, I'm just going to go straight in to the, the main question. But for those of you who haven't listened to Manrina's episode on veneers yet, it is one of the most listened to uh, podcast episodes on my podcast. It was episode, I think it was 19 or 21, I think or around about that sort of um, that time. Uh, and it's on YouTube and it's got like over a thousand views. And uh, I've always, always get great feedback from it. People actually listen like on the way to work when they're placing veneers just because they want to learn for those last few 
nuggets from Manrina. So that was a, a if you like the ones with um, lots of value in them, you should definitely check that out. So. Marina, the scenario is there's a, a young dentist, a really, really caring, sweet, dedicated young dentist who really cares about what she's doing. She took on a um, veneer case uh, and uh, she was, you know, she's always asking for advice and stuff, always happy to help people like her who are so interested and keen. And what happened is that the, the patient has now told this young dentist that I don't like the veneers anymore because they're too bulky at the cervical region and I want a full refund. So that's the, the long and short of it. In what we don't see in the background is the fact that she had fantastic consent form um, that was personalized to the patient. She did a smile trial. She didn't take any shortcuts. She did everything step by step by step. And the sad thing is that she said in her message to me that she feels like she's lost a lot of confidence and she feels really like broken, which is really sad. So Manrina, I think if you break it up into three components, Number one, how to prevent your nuggets to how to prevent being in that scenario. So should we tackle that one first? Yes, let's do that. Um, so there's got to be a lot of stages that you go through before you get to your final veneers. And it sounds like this lady did go through a lot of them. Um, so the first one that I use is, um, is, is Photoshop that I use initially to show the patient what, what they should expect they're going to achieve. Um, I think in this case, um, she was closing a diastema. So particularly in diastema closure, um, it's really important to, to use Photoshop because, you know, you want to use it to, to decide how many teeth you need to involve in the process, um, to, to create your plan. So um, also, I guess she would have given orthodontic options. That's really important in, in diastema closure, um, depending on on whether you want to make the teeth bigger, when, whether the teeth are already quite small and you want to make them bigger. And so maybe orthodontic options aren't as relevant or they are relevant, but you don't want to close the space fully. So you want to be familiar with smile design. So you're making sure that you're, you're keeping golden proportion. You're keeping the right um, one to 0.8 ratio uh, for that central incisor. It all starts with the central incisor and then it all goes back from there um, with smile design. So, um, and also to check that they're happy with, with diastema closure, whether they would want full diastema closure, whether they don't. I know in this case, that wasn't the issue. Well, she says it wasn't the issue, but maybe part of this is the fact that we were closing a diastema. And so maybe things look a little bit more more bulky than, than they would otherwise, um, depending on how much the, the dentist prepped the patient. So there's so many things going on in my head right now regarding this case. But, but yeah, so basically I would start at the very beginning with some sort of imaging software um, there's lots of imaging software at the moment out there I use Photoshop and um, there's DSD uh, I've started playing with Iva Smile recently from Ivaclar and that's been that's really good as well um, actually I'm definitely going to be talking more about that um, on my on my Instagram page and on my veneer course and then once you've kind of had a play with that and shown the patient okay if we just close the diastema, we just veneer the front two teeth, then this is the result that you're going to get. Um, but the front two teeth are going to look a bit bulky. And so that can be shown on Photoshop, that can be shown uh, with just a composite mock-up in the mouth. Um, and, and then you, you start getting, and then when, when you do that, if you do, for example, a composite mock-up in the mouth, you would then take a photo of what you mocked up and show it to the patient and they can take it away with them. So they can start getting their head around the fact that, that maybe two veneers isn't enough. And maybe they need to, if they're looking at veneers and they don't want ortho, then maybe they're looking at, at four veneers. Also at that stage, you need to have the conversation that if you are looking at four veneers to redistribute the space, then um, that can't be done with a very minimal prep or, or no prep type uh, veneer because you need to remove from the distal of the ones to mesialize the veneer to make the centrals not look too wide and redistribute the space to, to those laterals. And even then, uh, sometimes you can end up looking, it can end up looking a bit bulky at the front if, if the rest of the teeth are small 
more. Um, and so, so sometimes, unfortunately, in these cases, you need to do even more. So you then need to involve canines and premolars and do an eight unit case to really get a nice space distribution. And you need to be aware of that because um, patients are always going to want the minimum number of ceramics. And us as clinicians, we want to do the minimum number of ceramics as well, because it's, you know, it's better for the patient. Treat your patient as you would treat your own mouth or the daughter test, you know, as you would treat your own, your own child um, if you have one. But also you don't want the patient to get stuck. Like you don't want to be so trying to be this really great dentist and doing the minimum number and then only doing two ceramics and then they're not happy. And then you end up in, in a situation perhaps similar to this, although this is not exactly what happened there. So, so first thing is before you do anything is really consenting and not only with, with a great consent form, but having that conversation, giving the patient visual aids, either using computer generated images or in their mouth so that they can really understand. You can also do a trial smile. And I think you said that, that she did that. So you can have um, an additive wax up made from the lab. So, so she did the trial smile uh, and um, she took a photo of it. So at that point, do you, maybe it is a thought come to my head. At that point, do you get the patient to sign off something that, you know what, I like this transmal? Uh, at any point, do you, is that something that you advocate your, to your students? Yeah, I think the more you get patients to sign off at every stage, the better it is. I definitely think you need to get a sign off um, at the at the temporary stage. So not quite at the trial smile. So the problem with the, with the trial smile, and I don't do them as often now as I used to do. And the reason for that is because if they're not additive, if they're made exactly how the smile is going to be, then the patient will have shine through of their own teeth because you're not necessarily always adding. And then it's difficult for a patient to understand what it is that you're trying to show them because they, they don't understand that the teeth are shining through oh I've got yellow patches shining through is, is that what you're trying to do here um, and if you get the lab to make an additive wax up just for the purpose of this trial smile so it's all being stuck on then the trial smile is going to look really bulky and then you need to explain to them oh it looks bulky but the real thing won't be this bulky um, and so there's limited benefits to a trial smile definitely I think that that stage is better achieved um, using some sort of digital imaging software but moving on from that say say you use your digital imaging software and then you decide you're going to do however many you're going to do four veneers for example which I think is what this let's let's go with six because she did six so let, let's let's use the example of six as we move forward oh she did six okay fine yeah i didn't know okay fine so six immediately in smile design we're taught to always be wary of doing six veneers and the reason for that is um the way that a veneer even with the most you know the top ceramics that that, that i work with and, and they're amazing inevitably the way that a veneer reflects light is slightly different from the way a tooth will reflect light it's porcelain as opposed to enamel are you enjoying the Protrusive Dental Podcast? Well, allow me to deliver you even more value. You can now download the iOS or Play Store app for free. Just search Protrusive on your app platform. Now, if you're a true Protrusive and you want to support the podcast, you want to claim CPD for all the listening and watching that you do. You want to get access to exclusive clinical walkthrough videos to make dentistry tangible, as well as a premium newsletter, access to the Protrusive Vault, and the ability to download all the clinical videos and podcast videos so you can view them offline later. You can get all of that for less than 15 tax deductible dollars per month. So what are you waiting for? Download the Protrusive app now on iOS or Android for absolutely nothing. We've worked so hard on this, the Protrusive team, and I know you're just going to love it. Now back to the main episode. 
And um, and when you do six, uh, you only go as far as the corner of the mouth. And then you have a different reflection of light from the front of your smile uh, to, to the back or to the side. And and sometimes that can make the premolar region uh, look less obvious or look different. From, so these just look, look more obvious or bulkier, even if this, they aren't necessarily, um, because you've gone to the corner of the smile. So I advocate or I was taught that you really want to do two, four, eight or 10. Not to say I haven't done six veneers in my career. I have done six. Um, but it's again, the more information you've got, the more of these sort of nuggets take today, keep them in your head, uh, come on my course, come and learn them. <laughs> and um, you know, the less problems you'll have, because I think it is harder, harder to get a natural result with six than it is with four or eight, because immediately they're going to look different from a bit bulky at the front of the smile. So okay, she did six. Um, so if you go go on to okay, you've done your, your digital design, you've done your preps and you've used a stent and put the new smile on in temporaries so the patient can try out her new smile it's that stage that's really super important and i will never move a patient from that stage until they're 100 happy if they're even umming and awing slightly about i don't know they kind of look bulky okay maybe they're okay you know, I'm not moving from that stage because of this very reason. I don't want to refund anyone's treatment at the end of it. And I'm not, it's not even about the money. It's about the stress of it. You want to keep your life stress-free. You don't ever want to feel like you don't want to do a smile makeover again because you know, got all this stress at work. This is supposed to be a treatment that gives you a lot of pleasure um, because it's really enjoyable transforming someone's appearance and giving them that that joy. And so let's not let's not involve any stress in it. So once they're in temporaries, that's when you want them to sign off. Um, and so really, you need to have that conversation. And I assume that she did have that conversation. And I assume that at that stage, the patient didn't feel like they were bulky, that she was happy with the way that the, the temporaries were. So that's that. Then you go on to your finals. It depends what lab you're working with. If you're not able to charge the prices that maybe I charge or some other dentist charge, then maybe you also can't work with the labs that charge what my labs charge, because obviously it's all relative. And um, and maybe if you're working with, you're having to work with a, with, a, with, a, with a less expensive lab, maybe they haven't got the skill set to not create bulky veneers. De- definitely ceramics have a style and uh, they have a shape that they like teeth to be. So my, you know, one of my favorite ceramics Nikki from Precision Dental, um, she's a master ceramist. I've worked with her for, for 18, 19 years now. And she's wonderful. And and she's and if you look at my Instagram page, um, there's such a variety of cases that she's done for me, from very natural to very Hollywood to blocky to, to very minimal. And, and, and according to the patients, you know, she's diverse. But she still has a style. She ha- still has a style that she likes to go to that I know, like, that I can recognize her work. And um, and it's very subtle, but having done over 12,000 veneers with her, um, I get it. I can see it. And, and I also I know about different labs and, and the different pros and cons that I have for, from each one of those people having their individual style. So, um, so and, and the problem sometimes with, with the less expensive labs is that they make these bulky veneers. They, because they don't have the skill set to make them very very thin at the at the cervical margin but still put the correct anatomy on and potentially the the dentist doesn't have the skill set uh, to remove enough at the gingival third and I'm not saying this about this dentist at all because I don't know but sometimes 
dentists don't remove enough there and then for it's not the lab's fault it's the dentist's fault that they don't have the space to make to make a thin veneer in that area and then they end up looking more bulky um because dentists can be a bit scared um of uh, you know they've prepped the margin it's starting to look like a bit of a heavier prep they're scared that they're getting getting too deep into things and so they kind of leave it but then you end up with it with a bulkier a bulkier veneer oh well i'm just going to say because in the interest of time and i really want to squeeze as much out of you in this valuable but small amount of time i have with you so i think the take-home message really for that for that first bit is temporaries make sure you absolutely nail it in the temporary and i remember in the episode you talked about you're happy to keep them on temporaries for as long as it needs to be until the patient is absolutely ecstatic and i remember that so i think that is one main takeaway from part one let's just tackle part two now which is oh even if you have to give up the case if you can't if you can't get them happy in temporaries and you need to give up the case at that stage much better to give up the case at that stage than go on to finals Uh, because once you've got that that lab bill associated and you've got that final thing stuck in their mouth uh, you know you've gone too far so so this is that this is really a very important appointment brilliant and, and now let's uh, tackle the bit where let's imagine uh, to, to help purely to help this dentist because i really want to serve this dentist she has the complaint of my um the cervical area by the gum line is too thick and too bulky and that's the main complaint the patient's saying um what what is the best way to manage that is it a matter of just starting again is it a matter of just prepping away some of the ceramic how how to handle that in just a couple of minutes because i want to ask you uh, one more thing after that oh yeah so you're breaking up a little bit jazz but I think I got I got what you're saying that how, how are we going to manage this now? Now we're at this situation. She's cemented veneer. So first of all, at the cementation stage, uh, just really be very um, be wary of of that try-in. So before I at the cementation appointment, I always say to my patients, nine out of ten times I'll go ahead and cement your veneers today, but one out of ten times I won't, and that's because they're not perfect for me. And if they're not perfect for me, they're not good enough for you. So just to let you know, if they're not perfect, I'm not going to cement them. So you all also need to be aware as a dentist and look at that stage. That's another stage where you could get the the patient to sign off. So sometimes... I'll put them in with a try and paste and I'll still get them to sign off saying that they've seen their veneers that they're, and that they're happy for me to cement. So that's another stage that you can put in there. And and sometimes they're not. Sometimes even I'm happy with them, but the patient will look at them and be like, no, nah, the laterals look like they're slightly different lengths. So I really don't want that. And so much better at that stage to catch that than, than later on. So I'm not sure if this dentist did that, but 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 good to show them. And, and at that stage, if she thought they were bulky, the lab could have adjusted that for her. Okay. But anyway, we get to where we are. We've cemented them and then the patient feels like they're bulky um for sure prep your veneers like you would prep enamel i do it often um i'll go in and recontour a veneer and um, sometimes patients come to me who have had veneers done by someone else um, and they don't like them and i can see why they don't like them i can see what needs to change and i'll just be like do you want me just to contour them for you rather than changing them and they're like yeah go for it and i'll just prep their prep their veneers um obviously you have to be a little bit careful it's it's easier when you're when you're changing it incisally but when you're when you're prepping the labial aspect you don't want to if you start getting shine through and it gets very thin and you've got the tooth shining through you've got a real problem uh, so just very very gently very carefully contour the, the porcelain obviously it's not ideal to do that i'd rather the lab did it because when you do that you remove your glaze and so you remove some of the shine from the ceramic and that's what i think happened with with this lady um so then you can polish it so there's there's lots of polishing kits available out there porcelain polishing paste um, and porcelain polishing um burrs that go on the on the slow hand piece um, and they're full kits that vary in color 
and you start with the darkest color and you move your way through from gray down to, to pink um, or whatever the, the shading is for the brand that you're using. Um, and so go to, go to any brand that, you, that you're familiar with. Um, I think I was talking to her about Kerr. Um, she messaged me, me on Instagram as well to ask about how to polish um, this porcelain. And yeah, I, I sent her a link to, to a Kerr polishing kit. And also feel free to call the reps at Kerr and say, I want to polish this porcelain. And they can advise you how to best use their kit, like whether it should be used with water, whether it shouldn't, you know, and, and all the little tips that they have to get the best result. And really, you can get quite a nice shine um, from polishing that way. Amazing. Very good. And it's great to, to learn that because, yeah, a dentist, uh, myself included, uh, would be would be not so confident in, in prepping the, the, the ceramic. But I think when you have the good kits that you use and, and the experience that you have, then it becomes easier and easier. But it's something that naturally I think a lot of dentists are, are worried about prepping, especially someone else's work and, and that, the whole show through um, issue that could happen if the veneers are thin in any one area. But I think you raised a, a fantastic point. The last question now is what should she do? The patient wants a full refund. I don't know. This is such a tough one, uh, but I'm, I know I realize this is probably one of the toughest questions I've ever asked a guest on my show. But what, what, what do you advise? No, no, not at all. Um, so, yeah, I, again, it was breaking up. But I think the question is that if uh, now what do they do? The patient sent a letter. She's asking for a refund. And what should a dentist do do at that stage? Um, so my, my immediate thought is uh, don't take the stress. <laughs> you know, if she wants her refund, um, you just contact your, your indemnity people. You let them know what happened. Um, she's done everything correctly. She's given the consent form. The patient's consented along the way. She's got all her notes. Um, and then the, the indemnity people will, will advise you. Um, I'm sure that if they advise that that you should give a refund in, in this situation, then actually that's what indemnity is for and your indemnity people will pay for it. So um, they'll probably co cover the refund. And, you know, I don't think you're going to be out of pocket from it. Um, and even if you are out of pocket, say you need to refund it and you know, you've paid the lab bill and you're going to lose that money, then I would just take it and treat it as a as a learning experience um i know that these ca these cases can be scary when you're starting out and and i don't want this patient to, to lose confidence and i don't want them to think that this is going to happen all the time it probably won't happen very much and the more she does them the less it will happen you know i can't remember anyone asking for a refund for at least the last 15 years with me um and so and, and i do 10 or 20 units a week so it's not something that happens often but it is something that maybe happens at the beginning beginning of your career because you haven't got all these stages in place to make sure that 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 doesn't happen. So Manrin, I think you've answered it. It would be unfair to, because you've really done a good job of answering that question. That's very helpful. Um, I want to say is where can, because tell us about your course. I mean, is it happening now due to COVID and stuff? Is your course happening? And also tell us about your clubhouse uh, room so we can start joining them as well. Yes, great. So I started an aesthetic dentistry club on Clubhouse. So check that out and please um, join it as a member. Um, and I do a regular room on it every Tuesday at seven o'clock. Um, I choose different topics and different speakers to come and talk with me every week um, and we talk about various topics around aesthetic dentistry um, really, really interesting ones on I know jazz we had you last week and we were talking about um, TMJ issues and occlusion which you would think would be not that interesting a topic but I don't know I really enjoyed it um, and learned it a lot great. actually um, and, and I think what's interesting about these rooms is getting all these different speakers in and hearing all these insights also letting people come up from the audience and hearing their insight that's how we learn and that's how we grow and none of us know everything so um, so it's a really really great opportunity to just like kind of work together and and learn from each other and your course is it happening on the covid dates and stuff people keep messaging me saying is manrina doing a course again i'm like i don't know ask manrina right but now is an opportunity to to just um, tell everyone who's keen 
Thank you. Yeah. So I've got my four day veneer course. Um, I, I suggest everyone does it um, who's not not doing a lot of ceramics. Even if you are doing a lot of ceramics, I'm sure you'll, you'll pick up a lot from it. Um, obviously, I've done, you know, more veneers than, than I'd say 99% of dentists in the world. It's all I've done throughout my career are veneers every day. And so that that's, um, you know, I've got a massive amount of experience in it. So even if you know the basic process, um, there's so much to be picked up from, from my experience. Um, and a lot of people that come on it that don't know the basic process because you're never taught how to do a, a small makeover with porcelain veneers um, at university. And, 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 and the plan is that once you've gone through the four days that you can go ahead and do them with confidence. So even for this lady, you know, if she's feeling like she's lacking that, come learn, you know, you have a little support support network with the people who do the course with you. Um, you can bounce ideas of each other. Um, it's called Designing Smiles and it's on my, um, it's on my website, um, drmanrinaroad.com. Yeah, and it's running. Yeah, we did, we did one last month and we've got another one in June. Um, Amazing. So, yeah. Thanks, Jazz. <laughs> Brilliant. Manrina, thank you so much for giving up your time today. And uh, I, I think it's going to serve this young lady, but serve a lot of dentists who uh, are about to have such an issue and that can avoid it or have, have suffered with similar issues in the yeah. past and can now really reflect together. So thank you so much for sharing your expertise today. Have a lovely week. Mm-hmm.